0: My name is Joe Rodriguez, and I am the head of content and founder of El Tri Online from Bristol, Connecticut, and you're listening to VS Podcast. <laughs>
1: Celebrando fiestas con dos Cantamos mariachi en Miramos a diario con amigos, Of Pancho Villas Army Aquí su Sargento with another episode of Vias Podcast uh, Today I have it, Cornet and Ivan back together um, You know, we kind of, I don't know, it was like a parent, dude I feel like my two co-hosts got like divorced or separated for a little bit <laughs> Ivan decided to get his uh, revenge bot on, getting on the bike And then trying to get in shape Boy, Cornet was just himself uh, to... You know sadness with the música triste, way. So welcome, Cornet. Welcome, Ivan. Come on back. How you How you doing? How you doing, guys? Uh, uh,
2: reunited and it feels so good, right? I mean, I think you know me, me and Ivan got separated for a little bit. You know, I was I was pounding Ivan. You know, I separated because he was getting a little little hefty. Which is why he did the bike ride. He goes, I gotta I gotta get my man back. I'm gonna lose some weight, so
3: you
1: know, <laughs> <welcome> back here. <laughs> I haven't, how's it going man it's been a while
4: It's good thank god just here working enjoying the weekend and yeah nothing new nothing new not yet
1: not yet not yet yeah. Dude, we missed you welcome back my friend Uh, but you know what enough about us you know we don't we don't want to make it about us it's about our community it's about um our partners our good friends and today we have a, a very good friend of ours Um, all three of us right we have a connection with joe um, Joe has been all over, dude. He's uh, making moves. He's definitely, you know, the hustle is real with him. But in the hustle of like making a difference, you know, putting good content out there, um, and dude, it's been amazing to see his ride. So I just want to give a warm welcome from the land of Connecticut, which I don't even know there was Mexicans in Connecticut. Uh, give it know. up, to
0: Joe. What's <laughs> what up, fellas? Yeah, there is Mexicans in uh, in Connecticut, man. I, don't I know. I know. That. I know. There's two now. I know there's two. So one of them was a math. Yeah. Well, he counts as three. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
1: nice. How, are, how are
2: you doing, Joe? How's everything back east? Uh, thank you very much for joining our our podcast, uh, Joe, founder El Tri Online, uh, Mexico, La Selección. Uh, not not just La Selección. Emma uh, Emma, uh, Liga Mexicana teams content in English uh thank you again welcome to welcome to the show
0: i remember the first time i met you guys was at that game in san francisco uh the mexico versus island iceland i said um and uh yeah no i mean uh you guys were some of the first peeps that i remember connecting with i know that uh vias army is a big part of the community uh you know obviously you guys are the official porra de mexico here stateside uh, and, uh, it was cool, you know, just getting to know some of you guys, obviously we've collaborated with, uh, with you guys as well. Ivan, Sargento, you guys have, uh, have worked with El Tri Online at one point or another. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I, am i am just excited to be here. That's what I wanted to say. So sorry if I, if you guys didn't catch that, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. That <laughs> was excited to be here.
1: <laughs> no, we felt it. I mean, we felt the love coming your our way there for sure, Joe. Yeah. Um. Well, that's cool, man. Well, tell us a little bit about your, uh, you know, your, your basically your upbringing, dude. Where Are you born and raised in Connecticut? I mean, just tell us a little bit about your backstory and I always call it your origins, dude. Uh,
0: well, no, actually, I was not born and raised in Connecticut. I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. uh, And um, we moved to the States, uh, specifically to uh, Long Beach in 1990. So that kind of gives you an uh, an idea of uh, how viejo I am, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Let, let me ask you this, Joe, real quick. How, how old were you when
0: you moved over to Long Beach? I was uh, eight years old.
2: Dude, I graduated in 90. I'm
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> I, on. I know. I was like,
1: maybe there's somebody older than me. And he goes, nope, I
0: still
1: nope. win. <laughs> <laughs> i that person. Well,
0: yeah, I, I, so, no, I moved out. To, we moved out. Well, my mom brought us to, uh, to you know, to, to Long Beach. Uh, my two uh, brothers and myself um you know and we lived in uh, in LA the LA region for about 20 years um and uh you know it, it was tough coming out here because i remember that uh growing up in Guadalajara we were like Chivas diehards from the beginning right um uh, my grandfather used to take us to the games uh practically every other weekend whenever chivas would play he would take us to Estadio uh, Jalisco and we would play uh, we would go watch the game so uh i remember like in those uh late 80s uh Uh, seasons uh, that Chivas had like these uh, really talented players and, uh, you know, born Chivas, raised Chivas, you know what I mean? It just comes from uh, literally from La Cuna, right? Um, So anyway, the crazy thing was that I remember when we moved to the States in 1990 and Coronel, I mean, you probably remember this. There was very, very limited Mexican TV, uh, Liga MX uh, television action, you know? It's not like today, where now you can catch any game from anywhere in the world, practically. But, in, but back in 1990, I remember having to listen to the Chivas games on a little FM, AM FM radio. You know, that's the way that I would catch the Chivas games. So that gives you an idea of how long or how far Mexican soccer has come in this country.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of nostalgic, too, at the same time. you kind of, in a sense, I kind of miss that nostalgia sitting around the radio. Because, again, the same thing with, in in... I grew up in Riverside, so uh, we would listen to Dodger games, right? We listen to Dodger games, Jaime Harin on 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 uh, on the radio, and you kind of everyone's just kind of sitting around the radio. It's almost like family time, even though you have TV nowadays. Back then, you had radio. Kind of takes you back a little bit, but I do. I absolutely
4: know exactly, exactly what you mean. Yeah, and to piggyback after that, hey Joe, I'm pretty sure you remember maybe Coronel. I don't know. As a kid growing up, there wasn't many soccer games on TV, and if there was, it was either Chivas or America, and sometimes it wasn't even live. And I remember we would have to record it on a VCR because normally when the games were on, my dad had a game at the park, so we would come back, shower, get pizza, whatever, and then watch the game recorded. I remember that. Yeah. Now you can catch you like every game almost every week.
1: You guys are old, dude. I remember just I remember the internet and having a tablet, up, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's how I remember I remember my parents would tell me quiet and give me a tablet to shut up. You know, I mean, I'm old. No, I was
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it, I I remember those uh those days, right? But then obviously you know things have changed significantly. But growing up in uh even growing up in uh, Long Beach, I went to elementary school in Lakewood, and I remember it was like you remember those black tops? There was no grass in the schools. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to play soccer, and I remember I couldn't even play because like you know we would get in trouble. I remember they would tell us you can't play soccer. I was like, well, why not? It's like, oh, because you just can't. They wouldn't really give us a reason,
1: because there was no grass. Because there uh, was
0: no grass, I guess they didn't want to scrape our knees. But anyway, that happened actually <laughs> not just in Lakewood. It also happened at this other school in uh, in um, in Cyprus in California.
2: Dude, that's crazy. Oh, Cypress. And 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 now, I mean, all the schools are the, the schoolyards. Obviously, when everyone back when everyone was in school pre COVID, the kids are now like soccer's the thing, dude. Soccer's like the it's it's not just it's not I mean, it's growing, right? But now it's the fad. It's like the cool thing to do. You know, it's like the super, super cool thing to do because of the teams. I mean, because of the access back, you know, to the teams uh in Europe and Mexico. And you got some superstars. You got Ronaldo, you got Messi, you've got everybody wants to be like those guys. And nowadays the kids, they just love it. It's a fad now. It's the it's the it's a it thing to do, in thing to do.
1: You know, I don't have stats for this, but I'm thinking too like, you know, when whole COVID hit, remember how everybody was doing like uh FIFA tournaments online? We missed yeah, it. Yeah, we did much. some
0: Ivan. <laughs> yeah, we, we missed, did.
1: We it so much that we started doing, you know, you started seeing even like the players, right? They had even like the players play against each other because there was no soccer for a little bit and that again, you know, in the virtual world, we we missed it so much. We even like I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't know. We got to look up the stats here, but I'm sure it's it's got to be one of the top sports games out there, right? I mean, I think it's Madden? the
4: top sports game around right. the world. I think oh, I can't worldwide, prove absolutely. it either. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. For okay. The US maybe Madden, right? It's kind of like up there, but dude. That's... Uh, no, no. Yeah. FIFA's still number one.
5: Yeah.
0: yeah. But remember, remember, uh, Z, that uh, a lot of people they don't have to like soccer to like FIFA. So yeah. Anyway, um. So, yeah, so it was crazy. Uh, You know, that's how it was early on, you know, um, during my time uh, in California. But obviously, uh, as more people started migrating and the population just exploded, you know, soccer just became available everywhere. And um, it's interesting because, like, obviously, like many of us probably, like, I wanted to be a professional soccer player growing up, right? That's what I wanted to do. But, um, you know, we just grew up in a really uh, tough financial situation. Then it was really difficult for us, uh, for my mother to... uh, to pay for like these leagues. You know what I mean? It was uh, a lot of money for us. I mean, like when you think about it now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but a hundred dollars subscription for three kids, that's 300 bucks. You know, where are you going to get that kind of money? Especially like if minimum wage back then was like, four fifty or $5 or whatever that was. And, um, you know, it made, it made it really, really difficult for, um, you know, for us to even get an opportunity to play. Um, so I think, um, you're going to hear me say the word opportunity a lot in this conversation. And, uh, and this is something that I think I can relate to in many ways because the lack thereof has been a big part of my life. Uh, but also, I've been blessed that the last several years, I've had more opportunities to, uh, you know, to change my faith, right? Um, so growing up in L.A., you guys all know this, like, you know, tough neighborhoods in many places, a lot of cholos, a lot of gangs, violence, and all that. So when you grow up in these neighborhoods, uh, that's kind of what you know and you either have to be part of it or you have to like steer away from it you know and uh at some point you know when you like start flirting with those type of things there's a a big chance that you can get into a lot of trouble uh and a lot of my friends ended up like you know just uh not doing so good a lot of my friends ended up joining gangs some of them did drugs some of them ended up going to jail for life because they got into a lot of crazy stuff you know but um for me, it was like sports that always kind of like kept me at bay. Like soccer, like I wanted to like try playing soccer and doing this, so that kept me away from like going out and hanging with the homies and getting high and doing all that stuff. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to do that, especially because you know that at the end of the day, after you start seeing more and more people get cut up and get into trouble, you realize that you know what, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, that, that's yeah. like my early youth. Um, and then fast forward to like you know, uh, <coughs> like for. I guess the foundations of what I'm doing now begun, was that um, when I was in um, when I was in high school, uh, I remember that um, I didn't have papers at the time. You know, uh, I wasn't documented and um, it sucked because back then and Coraline, maybe you might remember this, but back then um, you couldn't go to college if you didn't have documents. You know, that's true. you couldn't get into any college um, and you couldn't get any kind of financial help. So it was basically once you were done with uh, with school, then, you know, then you just kind of have to like figure out, like, what the hell you were going to do. So I felt like really helpless and hopeless. And I was just like, what what, what am I going to school? Right. You know, and uh, on top of other drama, like I ended up like just dropping out of school, you know, so like the senior my senior year, I dropped out of school and I moved to New York. I was I literally just turned 18. And I remember, like, I packed up my bags I moved to New York with my uncle. Uh, and I spent like a, a season there, you know. I was there a, a year, uh, you know, just working, trying to figure out life, figure out like what I wanted to do. Um, but that also, like, you know, uh, it it helped, it helped build my character. Right? Now I'm no with my parents and my mom and my family members. And back then, remember, like, there was no internet access uh, or ability, yeah. right? 1999, like, I had to buy those phone cards to like talk to my homies. You know what I mean? Five dollar phone cards uh you know so like the communications was extremely tough so um but it just again it it helped me uh it helped define my character right uh what i did learn there is that if i was gonna be over there in new york the only thing i was gonna do was just work you know i worked as a pintor like a painter's assistant right i remember like my hands like i was like a i was such a like sissy (laughs) and i was just like oh like i don't want to do this you know Uh, but also again, you know, the experiences of doing these things is what definitely makes you see like, you know what? I don't want this kind of life. Right. So um, I came back to, um, to California, uh, and then I started working, uh, but I didn't have a diploma yet. And I remember for like a couple of years, I was just like, kind of like in the limbo. I had, I needed like the last semester to graduate, you know, from high school. Uh, but I remember there was a conversation with a buddy of mine and this guy goes like, I was like, dude, you think you're so smart And you think you're this and that But at least I have a high school diploma oh. He crushed me, man But you know what? Sometimes you need Eye
3: opener
0: Yeah, and that's what it was, man So, you know, saludos a about a- 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 Wherever he's at <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's but his up- name,
0: Joe? <laughs> But yeah, you know <laughs> it, it, it opened up my eyes, guys And I was just like, you know what? That's it So anyway, I ended up like, you know Enrolling back in school I graduated three years late, you know but I graduated. I didn't yeah. want a GED. I was like, no, I need a diploma. Uh, and um, and that's what happened. I ended up getting the the, the diploma. Uh, and then by then things kind of like had changed a little bit. I was able to enroll in in uh, in college, right? Uh, but it was those two teachers that I met. My high school teacher Janet Busen, uh, who's a, a teacher or was a teacher at uh, Fullerton uh, in, in Fullerton, mm-hmm. um, California, and then Terry Bells, who I met in college. And these two professors of mine are the ones that literally made me believe in myself because they believed in, you no. Know? So that's uh that's kind of like you know how my um I guess if you want to call it trajectory started right because yeah. it, <clears throat> those people to believe in ourselves sometimes we need those opportunities to be given to us so we can say like you know what I can do it uh and then at Santa Ana College man like you know that that changed my life because that's where I started like learning about production and learning about like you know what we don't always have to be like soccer players right there's so many different opportunities in production
3: yeah
0: and i remember like grinding and hustling i got an internship at fox sports you know had to like drive to la mission viejo and all these places like i remember like it was like sometimes i would drive like literally 150 miles a day and they wouldn't give me gas money you know like free internships and all that stuff but it was the experience that was helping me the connections that you were making uh and then uh, next thing you know like i ended up getting an opportunity to work at fox soccer channel uh and i'm sure you guys probably remember them back in the day fox soccer was one of the few places that, that showed Premier league and you know a lot of these other uh you know cool soccer leagues and uh and then that, that again opened more doors more opportunities and then from there basically i worked there about like six years uh and then the opportunity which again um you know it was uh, another game changer for me like to come to work at espn uh, and that's what how I shifted over to Connecticut. And this was in 2012, like January 2012. I moved here in the winter, believe it, believe it or not, guys. <laughs>
1: so it's like it's like when, uh, you know, like, you know, some of us have moved to Arizona. Of course, we move in the summer. You move in the winter, right? <laughs> <It's> exactly. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so <laughs> like
0: California,
1: if you move to California, you move when it's an earthquake. I mean, it's it's I get it. You know, it's just it it
0: Yeah. So anyway, so then uh, then uh, my ESPN career uh, was about like six years, six and a half years. And then unfortunately, like, you know, there was, uh, you know, some layouts. But it's uh, the layouts for me. Like, actually, I'm going to tell you guys. And this is a very honest story, right? Uh, A lot of people don't know this. But the year before uh, I got laid off in uh, 2017, I remember that I had already made up my mind that I was going to quit. Right. But I was going to quit because I knew that I wanted to do my own thing. Uh, at ESPN, there was a lot of good people, very smart, very bright, extremely talented. Right? They knew production in and out, and they like taught you so many great things. But the one thing that I knew that was an uphill battle was the uh, the inclusiveness. Right? There were some people that wanted to push the inclusive into the inclusivity, uh, but there was a lot of people that are like set in their own ways. And were like, no, no, this doesn't matter, this doesn't matter. And I knew that the population had kept on growing and exploding. And a lot more of us were speaking English, right? So just think about this conversation alone. Think about the people just in the four of us and how many people we know that are bilingual and bicultural, right? And that's what I was trying to drive, but there was a lot of pushback. I know that ESPN at one time tried to do, like, you know, League MX games in English, but then obviously, like, that was short-lived. I just don't think that they were giving it the – the amount of time because they expect results right away right that's the difference with with a big company (coughs) results so they didn't give it enough opportunity to you know and a lot uh, enough time to see if it was going to work out or not uh so then basically like you know like i said that last year i was like you know what i was like i'm gonna just quit i'm gonna start my own thing and then when the layoffs happened it was kind of like a blessing in disguise i was upset man i'm not gonna lie you know i don't know if you guys have ever been laid off or not but It definitely stings a little bit, you know, but it stung my pride. That was really it. It was, it's something stupid. It's all my pride. And at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? Actually the money that I'm getting from the severance was the money that I was going to save the next year, you know, (laughs) that money and use that thing. And that's exactly what happened. And that's how the three online was, uh, was, was, was formed. You know, it's like, so basically, uh, Yes, ESPN beat me to the punch, right? Because I didn't quit. They they laid me off. However, uh, because of that, I was able to uh, start ETO.
1: That's awesome, man. You know, it's like one of those blessings in disguise, right? You just uh... absolutely. And it's funny how you said that, though. I was already planning it, but dude that—that ego always gets to us, man. That that pride. Uh, but I'm glad you overcame that, dude, and you're doing amazing things. And, um, you know, and it's it's expanded a lot, dude. It's expanded a lot.
5: That, um, that, that's crazy. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that, Joe, because. I worked for Best. I worked for Best Buy, right? Big company, big corporation, and I was one of the leaders, one of the managers. My thing was there's a huge Hispanic market that was untapped, right? Um, the buying power of the Mexican American, of the Mexican, right? It's so huge, and you know, we, as a community, is culturally, we tend to stick to our own, and we kind of just kind of you know we we're, we're, it's it's a number that they don't take into consideration so my thing I wasn't in sales my my I was more uh, uh not production but uh inventory flow and security and all that um but I started thinking hey there we could get in sales right we, we started starting to go from the, the Hispanic market so you know I did I sponsored tournament, or I got the the, the of to sponsored tournaments soccer tournament we did uh in yeah, Madrid uh the festival yeah we tried I tried to do mariachi I even bought mariachis to the store. I mean we did I did a lot of uh Mexican Hispanic uh cultural things right to try to drive the business and like you said Joe they were like they were in but they wanted results right so they were like okay for everybody that you guys do you guys get a soccer for the soccer tournament for example they go hey, take these coupons and then when they bring these coupons you can track like how much sales you're driving. And obviously, you know, you've got to gain your trust before you things or anything. So obviously, it was going to be a slow, be a slow but they wanted a community result. They needed results the result to kind of discuss that, down, right? And so like you said, in that sense, if you, think, you maybe think of ESPN, they missed the boat. They missed the boat because everyone else jumped on on the, on the, soccer, band, on the, the soccer wagon and it's exploding. Right? And to me, ESPN has done a poor job of that. And the only thing they have now is LeBron James. Because that's all they talk about. I'm not even watching this game. I haven't watched the bronze in the Lakers because every time I turn it on, it's LeBron James and LeBron James and LeBron James. and I'm like, Dude. or Tom Brady, <laughs> or Tom. <laughs>
2: Are they not? Do they not get it? Do they still not get it? But I know exactly what you're talking
1: about, Joe. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. But what? Let's let's just. I mean, I think it's a perfect opportunity, though. I mean, I, I think the journey of your. Of your school, you know, I think we all can relate how we all, you know, you know, had that different journey when it comes to our education and a lot of roadblocks. Same thing with me, you know, I didn't have my, I didn't have my, I was undocumented as well, but I was able to get into college and able to, you know, make something out of that opportunity. But dude, the thing that you're doing right now with DACA and the DACA grants, um, just got to give you big kudos. And I'll, I'll put up the image here. Um, tell us about how this came about because you know where the deadline's coming up I think we only have like a week or so the, the first of March is that, yep. is that the deadline.
0: that's correct yeah um, well I mean as I mentioned earlier like you know, growing up as an undocumented person um, most people that cannot relate to that um, don't understand or can't even comprehend the barrier you know the, the weight that being undocumented uh, just puts on a person right it sucks it sucks man it really really sucks so it's very personable to me it's 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 something that again i live through i experience uh and you know my thought like i've always been about like you know trying to help out the people who need it the most right and um and obviously like at the end of the day like you can't help everybody right and people want they need to uh to want to help help themselves as well right but sometimes like people just don't don't have that opportunity to be helped right and uh, originally, our intention was to give away one uh, one DACA grant, you know, because obviously at the end of the day, it's all about the money, right? And, you know, our business is young. We're like starting out um, and it's expensive for us. Like, I mean, like some people go like 500 bucks. That's nothing, right? Yeah, it's nothing for like big players. There's like, for example, Google, right? I, and I, I bring up Google very often in this conversation. Google apparently is going to give like $250 million or something like that to DACA, right? but what's $250 million to Google, you know? I mean, when a company like that bleeds money like crazy, it's kind of like, okay, cool. But, uh, you know, like for us, I think there's a very close connection to our community, right? And we wanna make sure that people know that it's not just about the money, man. It's about like making a difference. And you don't need to be a Google or you don't need to be a big business thriving and making a lot of money to make a difference. So, again, we were wanted to do that uh, originally, like, um, at some point last year. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? Like, one might not be enough. So then I started knocking on doors. And, you know, I started talking to my friends at uh, Firmen Mezcal, uh, Supreme Asphalt Services, Incha Brand, and Elizabeth Graphics. And they're all Latino-owned businesses, you know? And some of them actually probably know friends or have family members who are do- aren't documented, right? Or were at one point. So they can all relate to the situation. And they all understand that. Uh, you know, so then these companies ended up, um, you know, approving uh, a grant, and then I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" And uh, that's kind of like what ended up happening, right? So then, at the beginning of the year, we launched the campaign. Uh, big kudos to Ramon. Ramon has been instrumental in helping me, like, put the campaign together. Uh, you know, he uh, got us in touch with a couple of organizations uh, that work with, um, you know, with undocumented um, uh, immigrants, and uh, and particularly DACA DACA folks. So we kind of like uh, thought we had done our full due diligence to making sure that we were going do things, to do things right. Uh, and obviously, at the end of the day, you also want to create exposure for the businesses, right? Because you want to like help them out as well. You want to help them grow. Um, so I think the mistake that we made initially was that we asked people to post, uh, you know, their video. Um, and uh, somebody on social media pointed out, oh, you know, that's really dangerous. You know to ask people to post them the, their video online and i was like I, I didn't see it like that but when you take a step back and you look at it like oh shit you know right the way that the co- political climate is now maybe it's not such a good idea you know so kudos to that girl she knows who she is <laughs> she's listening to this um you know and um look we we i, I talked to the sponsors i told them look here's what's going on because for the first two weeks, we had no submissions, right? Just a couple of emails, but no submissions. Uh, and uh, and we decided to make the change, make it private. And now after that change, and, you know, we started to get a little bit of traction. And we were fortunate that, uh, you know, some of our connections in uh, in the media ended up making story about this. And somehow, I, I to this day, I still don't know who or how it ended up getting on Despierta America. And I think that was the big game changer. Because after that, we ended up getting like... Over a hundred emails in a day And I was like, whoa
1: That is a great story, bro Yeah, I
0: mean, so I think
1: it, it goes back to what Coronet said too, right? When he talked about how in Best Buy You know, you gotta you got earn the trust of, of yeah. the hint, right? And, sure And, and your, in your mind, you didn't, you didn't see it And I'm just glad that somebody spoke up and told you Because, yes. imagine, dude, if you Yeah, man, that's that's really And
0: it Sargento, uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's crazy Because, again, you know, I mentioned about uh, I mentioned pride earlier in ego, right? And when this person said that, and again, a complete stranger, I, I don't know that person. Uh, but when she said that, I was very defensive about it because I was like, that's not what I'm trying to do, man. Like, I'm not trying to put our people in, hand, in, in danger, right? Uh, and it took me a minute, you know, and like, you, we have to be like emotionally intelligent, right? We have to be smart about like the way that we do things and say things. And I'm growing on that aspect every day. And I work very hard at it every single day. Uh, and I'm going to continue to do that the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, but I know that, you know, she was not being mean about it. She just told me her perspective and we have to listen. And as long as we're good listeners and we're able to uh, grasp what people are trying to say, we're going to be able to get things done correctly. And yes, you know, we did. And, and you're absolutely right, Sargento, that, uh, you know, she spoke up that made us see things in a different way. And because of that, like, you know, the program I feel has been extremely successful. We've had a lot of people that have sent us their videos and some people have been very, um, you know, their stories are amazing, you know? Uh, and, and that's what we want people to understand that, that, you know, we're not going to share their names or information. We're not immigration, you know, we're not trying to like do like secretly like this "Ah, immigration roundup, you know what I mean? Like that's the last thing that we will want. Um, We just want people to understand that it's safe with us. You know, we're Rasa and we're going to do whatever we can to try to help everybody out. Um, Speaking of helping everybody out, Revolución Cantina, uh, you know, recently announced that they were going to be part of the program and they decided to donate a grant. And then we had two more individuals that decided to donate like uh, private grants anonymously. You know, so it's incredible like that community members are like just showing up and stepping up. They know who they are. And I just want to give them a big shout out because it's it's uh it's really because of them that we're able to do this.
1: That is that's great, man. That is amazing, Coronel? That is awesome. I mean, I, and I think I think you know, thank you for 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 those
2: organizations that are donating and helping yeah. help you with this with this movement because we all know somebody, we all know somebody, and everyone's story is is very very unique. We've all come here, right? It, it, i mean i i i i was gonna be born in mexico by by a matter of weeks, right, but just my mom decided to come back home and there were certain things that happened that just she decided to come come back to, to texas right and and again just my story is is unique, and everybody's got a, everybody's got a unique story, and so I just kind of really wish we could you know do something and help everyone out, you know what I mean because it's tough bro i mean it's tough my you know my my dad did not have any, it was here illegally as well, so you had to work under the table, and was, you know, I mean, it, the, the struggle is real, right? The struggle is real, but...
1: But I, I think we're squashing that notion. Well, we had a good conversation last podcast about that whole guignac, right? El mejor enemigo de mexicanos americano. mexicano. Well, I think doing this kind of stuff is, is reversing that, dude. I think right. we can, each of us, start making a difference and get away from that mentality that we're putting ourselves down. It's like, you know what? No. Let, we're building each other up, and, and you know, you, Joe, and Certain so and uh, so in, in, you know in PVA and other organizations, we're starting to to change that, and I you know I, I think that's going to be hopefully in, in the future that we, that's no longer the case. Because, I agree.
0: Yeah. I agree hundred percent. And and Ivan knows this very well, you know. And uh, Sargento, like you probably heard me at one point or another, preach this. You know, we're that that's like the one thing that I have zero tolerance against. You know we are not going to put a rasa down. Uh, we're not going to be envious of them. We're not going to talk smack about them. People are successful, we're gonna praise them and we're gonna show that we're not all cangrejos, you know? We're not like that because we understand the struggle and we know that most of the people that have made it, it's because they've earned it and because of their hard work. And on the contrary, we should be praising them. You know, we should tell and, and, and showcase them, right? Uh and and you're absolutely right. Like, you know, that that it, it continues to happen and it's such it's such an unfortunate situation. But with us, that is not the the way that we are on the contrary it's more about like hey like who's doing what right and that's why we always like on on our uh mexican soccer podcast we try to get people on uh who we can showcase right who we can show how they've excelled despite the obstacles despite the challenges because those are great stories that people should be hearing i look at the african american community and the recent strides that they that they're making because they're all boosting each other out you know and kudos to them man more power to them and we're happy for them. Uh but sometimes I feel like, you know, a raza is kinda like, you know, instead of like boosting each other up and helping each other out, we're not doing that. You know, so we're here to absolutely erase that mantra, get rid of that and 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 let people know that no, dude, we gotta be better than that. We got we have to be the bigger man or woman and show people that we're not all like that. On the contrary, we're here to contribute and give back to our community, man. I
1: agree.
2: Man. And I, I, I thought I was the only one that thought that, because I've been thinking that for years, right? I've been thinking that for years, especially since we started. Since I started with PBA, is you know, I grew up in, in Southern California, predominantly African American, right? And they've you know united, right? They've united uh, with the unfortunate, like for example, just an example, right? The, the the unfortunate events like with George Floyd and everything. Right. I mean, there's something happens like that, they unite, bro, and then we don't. If something happens with us, it's kind of like just don't, I don't, nobody wants, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with probably immigration status as well. We, we don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers because we don't want to, we don't, like, even if somebody has a crime committed against them, they don't call the police because they're scared. They're scared. You know, they might, they might, uh, get deported or, or, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it's, it's sad and it sucks, but I think slowly but surely we're, we're heading in the right direction and hopefully Hopefully we can make those strides just like the African-American uh, community
1: has. And I know Ivan works in the school. You know, he works in the schools. He sees a lot going on there, Ivan. Ivan, what are your thoughts on, on the topic, man? I know you're, you are you know, you're definitely, you know, see a lot of stuff going on.
4: Yeah, a couple of things. Going back to address that. I think we can all relate to that. Back um, in high school, when you said that people were dropping out, it's true. I knew a bunch of people my senior year as well with like 4.2 GPAs that ended up not even going to school because they didn't have, um, you know, papers to go and now things are changing because our the way we are I guess our people had kids so they have papers now but even then there's still a big influx of people coming in from Mexico and other countries that don't have documentation in order to work and if you can't work in this country it doesn't matter where you live it's hard you have to find a way to get paid cash or different means we all know we've all been to that and to, another thing, Joe, what if somebody else that we know or somebody wants to get in touch to donate or help with another DACA grant? How can we do that?
0: Oh, you, you can just have them contact me. They can uh, message me and, um, you know, they can do it however they like. Um, one thing that I just wanted to point out, too, uh, going back to, uh, to, to DACA is that, uh, you know, for us, this was never about making money. Uh, as a matter of fact, the only thing that we asked from our sponsors was just to cover the grant. You know, we didn't ask for anything else. We didn't ask for like marketing or none of that stuff. Right. Um, and and again, that's why I, big, I give uh, big kudos and thanks to Ramon, because basically between him and I, we've handled like everything. And it's a lot of hours. Um, every single one of those emails that have been sent, uh, we've taken our time and replied back to every single question. And sometimes it's like, you know when when you get them you're like oh damn that, that's a lot <laughs> and you have to read them and, and la gente también they talk to you in spanish right and they they write to you in spanish um and uh you have to reply back to all of them and you have to inform them because they're curious they have questions right uh and you want to make sure that you know they don't feel like a, a lot of them are probably like technically um you know not as technically inclined as others right uh but you know we can we cannot take that into account, right? We have to do whatever we can to show them, hey, you know, in order for your submission, you either need to send us a, you know, a video, you can just email it back or you can write a letter and you know, and some of them don't even know how to share a post, right? Some of them don't even know how to like, uh, you know, take a video and email it to you. So like these challenges are the ones that we're kind of like dealing with, right? Uh, but it's it's the work, that's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of work and dedication uh, and for us, that's what it's been all about, making sure that people understand, get all their questions answered. Uh, and if they have any doubts or concern, we're there to basically tell them what they need to do in order for them to be qualified. Okay. And. Go ahead.
4: No, go ahead. And finish, Joe.
0: I, I was just going to say and to answer like, you know, your question and, you know, in basic terms. Yeah. Like, I mean, my goal is for us to hopefully be able to cover every single person that applied, man. You yeah. know. That's, that's oh, my man. goal. So that's the more the up. merrier, Ivan, if somebody wants to, do, to, to donate, uh, I mean, by all means, man, we have, we already have, uh, more than the limit of people that have applied. So yeah, we can oh, definitely okay.
1: put up to use, yeah.
0: right? We, we yeah. have
1: somebody that can take advantage or use it, right? Benefit. Yeah, we can,
4: we can ask around. another thing too, Joe, you brought up an interesting point where you said the technology aspect of it. And I think that relates to a bunch of other things that are actually happening right now. For example, um, the older generation here, and they wanna get the vaccine for coronavirus or what have you. One of the big obstacles that they've seen here is that a lot of, everything is online and some older generations they don't know how to work the online aspect of registering for the basic email or anything like that. So um, thank you, Joe, once again, thank you so much, even for the opportunity to work with ETO and for everything that you've done for the community, not just here in LA, but across the country with everybody that contributes to and or with l3 online
1: yeah yeah thank you joe again i mean this is this is really good stuff you know that information is out there your we'll we'll share your contact information as well on all your social media outlets the website the email but you know let's transition into as we wrap up oh go ahead
2: before we move on joe if there is anything that we can do um uh, me personally, I know Ivan and, and G would also love to help. Is there if there's anything, any help that you need that we can help you with? By all means, please uh, ask us because we would love we would love to help. I mean, we like to put our little granito de arena uh, again because that's something that we're very passionate about. I think everybody, you know, the humanity part uh, we we get passionate about it, and that's kind of like one of the one of the reasons why I got into coaching soccer is you know I saw a lot of a lot of our our, our Mexican sisters. Younger sisters, I should say, you know, they they don't know how to fill out a, uh, a college application, right? They don't know the process. They don't know. So it was more of a okay, well, we're, we're teaching them soccer, but you know, you need to you need to look at college, right? Just yeah. like someone with just, just like the te- your two teachers, right? You need to, they don't know because a lot of them are first generation Mexican American, and and their their parents don't know, you know, obviously how to fill out a, a yeah. When, when you, when you start applying for colleges? is when you start. So again, we've all got that, that desire. So anything that you need to um, let us know and we'll try to we'll definitely do our best to help you out.
0: Oh, thank you very much, man. And, uh, and you mentioned college and how important that is. Uh, you know, so I, I remember, and I just wanted to tell you guys really quick. Um, um, so I was going to Santa Ana college community college. So for those of you guys that are familiar with it um, and uh, I literally finished like, just like my AA requirements right but I never like did the graduation and I remember that you know I started working so I was just like oh man it's going good like so why do I need to get a degree I never thought about getting a degree right because I was like moving up getting jobs and and I was like okay it's going well uh but then I was like oh maybe I do need like to finish my degree anyway uh I finally got my bachelor's degree last year man I graduated last year man after like (laughs) it feels like forever you know um and it, it's never too late man it's never too late you know so but like a lot of uh like you mentioned a lot of the people that you know from our community uh you know like their parents aren't teaching them like or showing them how to apply or they're not like training them how to like you know uh or prepping them to take their SATs or any of that stuff right like you mentioned the, this earlier like they barely know how to like you know ride the technology like how the hell are they going to do that the language is a barrier so many different obstacles for our community, man. And I think that's why it's super important for any organization that's out there to give back to them to do it, you know, and I appreciate you guys like, you know, spreading the word, like that's what we need, right? Just spreading the word, making sure that, that people are out there, uh, you know, helping promote the, um, the situation because it's, it's the awareness that we lack sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. It's spreading the word. Uh, and, and then also like, you know what, at the end of the day, hopefully this is something that is going to uh, spark a fire, right? And it's going to make other organizations want to do something like that. Again, you don't need to be a billion-dollar company. You don't need to be, a, you know, a top-notch business. All it takes is one person to make a difference, man.
1: man. Well, thank you again, Joe. This is, uh, you know, we're definitely gonna, you know, do our part to help spread the word. I mean, I'm just, I'm just mad I should've, we should have done it earlier, man. I was like, well, we're sitting there, I'm like, dude, Joe's doing this amazing thing. Why aren't we talking about it? But you know, like you said, it's never too late. You know, let's get let's get some more applications. Hopefully, change some lives and um, at least get people curious to like, hey, if this is not an opportunity, there's other opportunities. Like, go apply. That social divide is real. A lot of folks definitely don't have the means to technology and, and the resources. If we can put some something out there for them, then you know what, that that's one step towards the right direction. Uh, but now let me just transition. I know we talked. This is a good topic, man. We can we can spend the whole hour here, but um, we always like to have a little fun at the end. Uh, mix it up a little bit. So. Joe has been in a lot of our tailgates, a lot of our parties. We have a lot of good memories with Joe. Um, A lot of our folks in L.A. have seen Joe in the various ones. I think even, um, you know, there's been a lot of trivia games that he's a part of. So I just want to show a quick clip. Uh, He did one for our folks in Texas. Uh, But I love this clip because it's just, I don't know, it's it's a short clip, but it tells a whole story. And we all can put in the narrative. Um, And I just just have a blast every time I watch this. So let's just watch it real quick, and then uh, we'll talk about it.
3: What's up compas from El Trio Online, I'm Joe Rodriguez and we're right here in Arlington, Texas, Pancho Villas army still holding it down. The party does not stop. I'm here with... Elton Sánchez. And your name? Ramon Laredo. So I'm going to ask these guys three questions each. Whoever gets the most answers is going to win a Mexican national team jersey. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, starting up with you, sir. Who was the player that got hurt today, early in the first half? Stump. I'm stumped. stumped. He stumped. All right. That's right, right? Yes, who was a player that got hurt early in the first half? Elton Moreno. Wow, both of these guys suck. <laughs> All right, so that's it, X, X. Next question for you, sir. Who is Mexico gonna play next? Wales. Well. Who is the first opponent of Mexico at the World Cup? Germany. Now we're gonna make it a little bit tougher, but I'm gonna switch it up. Now I'm gonna go to my friend right here first. Which player has the most game played for Mexico ever? Hector Herrera. Oh, ever? Ever. 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 Yes. What? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. What team? What team? <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> what team does Hector Moreno play with right now? Palaga. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. He's wrong. That means we got a winner. Hold that position right there. So my man right here is the trivia guru. So here's your consolation prize. Hold that up right there. There you go. So everybody is the winner. Nice form right there. So one more thing we're going to be doing is giving away another Mexican national team jersey. Now, this is going to be courtesy of our friends, Supreme Asphalt Services in Southern California. So if you want to have a chance to that jersey, make sure that you like our page, share this post, all right, and follow us. So everybody wins. Viva Mexico tres. Viva Mexico! Yeah, that does it.
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. If that's not a story, then I don't know what is. Dude, we definitely saw the buildup, he got excited, and then the rejection, just like we always... <laughs> that's hilarious. Dude, dude you, just, Ramon,
4: you know what? Yeah, Ramon. Hey, but well, you know what? We, we should try to do as well as try to get... Um, like, Joe's transformation, because when I met him, Joe had long
0: hair. <laughs> I was about to say, man, that was a long hair ago. <laughs> a That's a
4: great Yeah, guy. and his transformation right. from to now. <laughs> so
1: to wrap up, Joe, we're going to play a game with you, man. You've been playing games with our, our squad and doing all these things. We're going to play a game, and um, the winner, you're going to get a date with Coronel. That's it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. <laughs> An
1: exclusive date with Coronel. Uh, we just had Valentine's Day. All right. So here's a game. It's called, and me pull it up. I will be the host here. Welcome to today's episode of, are you LinkedIn bro? So I don't know how often you watch your LinkedIn page, but I am not, you better not go to your, you guys don't go to your page right now. I want to know how well, you know, your LinkedIn page, your professional social media page. Okay. That's some questions. See how, how correct you are. Cool. You game? All right. All right, here we go. First question. What is Joe's LinkedIn picture? So, Joe, which one's your LinkedIn picture? Is it A through D? Uh, A. A. Coronel, is he right? Or what do you think is I, I don't know. It, it's got to be A or D because D, he looks good in D. Okay, okay. Good Joe, in D. Joe, Joe, Joe looks good in the D. Okay, cool. Uh, Ivan? B. Okay, you think it's C? C. All right, here we go. Well, Joe, you know yourself very well. That is correct. You are one for one. Uh, it's funny, I kind of look at this and I look at that game where it's like, okay, that's his LinkedIn page, that's his Facebook page, that's his uh, Tinder page, <laughs> that's his uh, IMDB page, right? Like, it's like his professional headshot right there. <laughs>
2: Love it. Love it.
1: All right, Joe, next question. What is or are Joe's top skills that you listed on your page? Is it radio host, storyteller, negotiation, management, or all the above?
0: Um, I... I want to say all of the above.
1: All <laughs> the above. That is correct. Good job, Joe. Two for two.
5: Ding, ding, ding,
1: ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Next one. This gets harder. Who wrote this as one of your references? It was a pleasure working with someone as knowledgeable, talented, and ambitious as Joe and ESPN. He always sought out the important storyline and soccer content I produced and pushed it towards sports center. Joe was always someone willing to help you at any way he can. He made full use of his bilingual skills to target new Hispanic audience making him a tremendous asset in production. Damn man, dude, that's some that's some good kudos right there. Who was it? Was it Leo Hernandez? Chris Scott? Alex Peña or Shri Raman?
0: Uh, I I want to say that was Chris Scott. Oh. Arr, oh, Alex Peña that sweet? Alex Peña. oh, Alex, oh, okay. All right. Alex is a Tejano. <laughs> is he? Yeah, Tejano. Yeah, yeah. A Alex Peña. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a really, really smart guy. Uh, uh, he's part of their st- stats and uh, research uh, team out there in, uh, in Bristol.
2: It, before we get off of this, yeah. before I ask you real quick, Joe, how do they, like, the, like you mentioned, stats, do they spend hours like preparing for a particular show or a particular event uh, like the stats guy, right? Like sit there for like hours for a small segment or, or how, what's what's that like?
0: Um, it really I mean, they have a, a massive department, you uh-huh. know, that's uh, one of their bread and butters. Uh, so basically what they do is they, they uh, assign people pre-production days mm-hmm. uh, and they do it based on leagues and then also games. So they break it down like that. You know, it's something like big picture. Sometimes the like for example, like the Super Bowl packages. I remember those things being like about fifty pages long. Oh smoke. You know? Uh but like for example, like an NBA pack like a a NBA game, your run of the mill game could be maybe like, I don't know, like three to four pages, you know. Uh and then the League MX packages were like a page. (laughs) You know, for all the games.
1: If I can time travel, I would go back to that department and get all the stats to just put some wagers on everything, bro. <laughs> yeah,
0: right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. Last question. All right, Joe. You got this, man. You can redeem yourself with this final one. Who is not our mutual friend on LinkedIn? Ooh. Is it El Coronel, Broca Aguirre, Peña, or Leti Co? Mm-hmm. not our mutual friend?
0: Mutual friend with uh, with Villa's Army or with... um he- just with me. Which oh, ones? just with you, okay. Yeah. Um uh, maybe I wanna say Carrie. Carrie? Coronel, do
1: you have a LinkedIn page? No. <laughs> so that is uh, Coronel. Coronel.
2: Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired. I got fired from LinkedIn, bro.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know how you get fired I, from
0: LinkedIn. I, I would I would think that uh, I would be friends with El Coronel, but I guess that doesn't make that makes sense now, right? <laughs> well, I can't be no. friends with somebody who's not there. <laughs> yeah,
2: cuz LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a professional, right? Like pro- I'm not I am a big goofball, man. If anybody knows me, I'm all about I'm just a freaking clown. So like, you know,
1: <laughs> he's going to be posting stuff that is not appropriate for LinkedIn. They're like, "What is he posting, dude?" Like cuz he's these these uh, videos, you know, I, mean, I I've got I've
2: got to get a LinkedIn page, I guess. I don't know what I mean it's a professional one, right? Like yeah. all my all my friends that are professionals have one and, and I'm almost scared
4: to post my I got nothing to post on
0: it. <laughs> hey, you got a lot of things to post, man.
1: You do, man. You got
4: a lot <laughs> lot. Oh
1: <geez>. Coronel,
4: <laughs> Coronel I, yeah. I don't even think you're you're not you're not alone. I don't I'm not even sure if I even have a LinkedIn page either. Yeah. That's what
0: uh, i mean. All right, that's our. Uh, that LinkedIn's starts- getting so, very social too now. I noticed. Okay. I mean, it is like a social media platform at the end of the day, but professional. But I've been seeing a lot of people post, uh, you know, stuff that you would probably normally not see on other than okay. Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: it, it, people get people get a little bold behind the keyboard. You know what I'm saying? People get brave the- a, a
0: little, just a little bit, man.
1: <laughs> just a little bit.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of keyboard warriors out there, right? <laughs>
1: Thank yes, you, for, absolutely. Thank you for playing with us, man. This is great. I, I said, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some curveballs at him. I'm. Mean, talk if I do anything soccer. Joe's gonna get it right. Okay, <laughs> uh, this guy, this guy's like a wealth of knowledge when it comes to soccer and and teams. In uh, Guadalajara, dude, he's a he's a Chivas fan. Of course, we're gonna invite him, dude. I mean, we know we, we want to make sure we get the right people here, right? The right fans. Uh, hey, I...
2: <laughs> yeah, Joe, let me ask you a question. Um, I love your design in three online with, with the Estel calendar in the background. That's a super super cool logo. Let me ask you a question about la selección. What is your favorite El 3 jersey of all time? And and let me and, and player.
0: Mm. Oh, wow. That's a load of question, man. Um actually, you know what? I, I can I say something about the logo really quick? Yes, yes. Uh well, the logo actually uh my brother designed it. Oh. Uh so he was the one that put it together and uh my uh my good buddy Alex uh, Rodriguez, no relation, uh, he's the one that fine-tuned it. Okay. You know? So I don't know if you guys remember the original logo. Actually, it was on that video.
1: In that video, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: and then uh, my buddy ended up fine-tuning the logo, so, you know, kudos to both of them for, you know, making that happen. I, I have no uh, artistic creativity whatsoever. Uh, I only told them, hey, I, w- I want to ask the calendar, you know, or something like that, and then this and that, you know, and they just did their magic, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's, it's fresh, man. It's clean.
0: Um, uh, but, uh, as far as the, my favorite Jersey, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I really, really have a, a tough time with that one. We did that tournament. Remember uh, Ivan, that bracket. Um, but I, I always loved that 94 Jersey. I mean, that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's one to not, you know, I, I think it's also special because that's one of my earliest, like, you know, world cup recollections mm-hmm. and, you know, I remember like, you know, when Luis Garcia scored, you know what I mean? Like against the Irlanda. That was that was money, man. That's that's probably the one that I would go with. Uh but I do like the black one too, though. The black ones are fresh. You remember when they made the black one with the red and uh and black stripes? Yes. I think it was for South Africa. Yes. So yes. I think yes. those two.
5: I, yeah.
0: Those two. But player yeah. I think <laughs> Oh man, that that's even that's even tougher. I I, I like Rafa Marquez because a lot of people when I have my bun would call me the wannabe Rafa Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it's tough, man. It's tough because there's there's been so many. I didn't get a chance to watch Hugo Sanchez play at his prime, uh, but obviously we know that like he's been one of the, one of the few that has like literally like torn it up. You know, he 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 teared it up when he was in uh in Europe. Um, I don't know, I don't know El Maestro probably, Benjamín Galindo but that again goes back to my childhood with Chivas those free kicks that he used to take man, oof That's a Galindo shirt right here, Galindo Oh center. there you go, there yeah. you go that's crazy. Uh, Yeah, so probably Benjamín Galindo man Benjamín, Benjalin- if you guys have ever seen or remember um, Benjamín Galindo when he used to play with Chivas man, he had this lethal, lethal free kick man yeah. Money oh, yeah. all the time, but if you guys haven't seen him, YouTube his videos.
2: Yeah, no, oh. definitely. No, oh, I remember him. I I trained him. I mean, cheat, I'm mad on.
1: There we go, and no wonder, man. That's you know, you, you have some talents that we don't even know about.
2: I know. Hey, you know what? I, again, I know we're we're coming to the close of the show. Uh, but just a couple things. I, I just realized this. Mexico has some of the badass goals in World Cup play. Or, or, not even World Cup play, just some La Chilena, Raúl Jiménez. Uh, I think it was Negrete. A World Cup goal against Bulgaria, it was yep. Um, um, dude, just some bad. Bulgaria
0: against people Italy.
2: Game. Yeah. yeah. And even, even not even World Cup, but like Gio. Like we've got some Mexicanos got some bad-ass goals, bro. Like I mean, they're like top. To me, I get, they got to be at least top twenty goals of all time. Like, the Selecciones, dude. I mean, we've got some badass goals. I just, I don't know why I just thought oh. about.
4: Them.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, if you think about it, right, um, there's an article that Ramon put together uh, for 3Online for the top 10 goals of the decade, or not top 10, but, like, just, like, top, top goals of the last decade. If you guys ever get a chance to check that out, I mean, he gives you a nice breakdown of, like, some of the Golasso. So even in the last 10 years, right, from the last decade, there's a ton Yeah. in, in that alone, you know? So, so it's yeah. crazy, man. But, almost- uh, you know, again, I think a lot of people – just don't give enough credit to Mexico, man. Yeah. You know, and it's because El mérito nos está matando and it keeps on killing us. Yep. And
1: it's, oh, it's one man. of those... We need
4: to win that one, one. We need that one. Dude, if they win that one World Cup, Oh, my God. I think I would probably die
1: in peace. I, I, wa- I, I want to be alive for that, dude. I would, that would suck. <laughs> you, know, you know
0: You know. what I tell people? And, and I used to tell these to the people at ESPN, right? That they were all, like, these die-hard, hardcore, like, you know, um, Red Sox or Yankee fans or Cowboys or whatever, right? I used to tell them this. Honestly, uh, the fanatic, right? And I'm talking about, like, there's a big difference between a fanatic and, and just, like, the casual fan, right? But like, the fanatic, right? Uh, of Mexican of the Mexican national team, would be willing to trade every single title that his favorite club teams have ever won for one World Cup.
1: Easy, hands down, no problem. You know? That's hands. like the ultimate prize, I think. In my opinion, that's like the ultimate you know championship of everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, like you know, and I love I love the Dodgers and and uh, you know all my other teams, the Lakers, but I would like trade all of those titles, all of them, put them in a the bag just for one World Cup.
2: Wow. Yeah, right. I, I think I think every, I think think every 99% of the people agree with you.
1: I I I was I would agree with that as well, yeah. yeah. But not
0: the Yankee fans, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Right? That's a claim to fame, 27 titles or whatever. Yeah. Dude, my, like my dad says, I feel bad <laughs> for HP in Santa Ana, man. Yeah, everyone's going to go 8-shit, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're going yeah. oh. to win
4: it. We're going to win it. Yeah. Imagine, imagine imagine what can happen just look at what happens when we when we qualify like after the group stage you know we celebrate like we won the world cup Now imagine that we actually win imagine what the next thing is that gonna do
1: they call it earthquakes i think it's it's, it's, it's coming next who knows man um but thank you again joe i mean again you know we always have enjoy having having amazing people amazing stories join us thank you again for everything you're doing for the community and what you're doing for our voice and getting our stories out there any final thoughts, any uh, shout outs, anything you're working on you want to uh, tell us about?
0: Uh I mean again I want to thank you guys for giving me uh, you know this opportunity to join you guys. Uh, you know obviously look forward to continue to collaborate with you guys in any way. Really hoping that uh, you know COVID eventually is behind us, put behind us and we can all get back to the games. That's uh you know the the, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to uh because it's going to allow us to connect with our community once again, you know, having that personal person it's just so different, uh, you know, than these Zoom calls. And then obviously, like once we get, uh, you know, away from that, maybe, uh, you know, you guys can come out here to Bristol and, uh, you know, do a show from here, you know, from 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 Bristol, Connecticut. So uh, oh, okay. that's uh, that's that's the stuff that I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, and as far as like you know, us at El three online, you know, we want to con- you know just thank everybody that has uh, supported us, and hopefully they continue to support us, and understand that for us. Uh, you know, it's going to be an ongoing thing, you know, it's not just a one-time thing that we're doing this DACA thing, like, we want to make sure that the community knows that we are part of them, Uh, and, uh, you know, and and we're little, but slowly but surely growing, and hopefully in the future, uh, we can be one of those major companies that uh, grows, but because of the community, and because, like, you know, we were able to give back to them from the very beginning, Uh, So, you know, we're uh, we're excited, man. And and these opportunities that you guys give us and anybody else, uh, you know, gives us to share a story. It just uh, really, really makes us happy and and definitely helps us out. You know, we have a lot of plans in the future, uh, you know, and, um, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I mean, we're not fortune tellers, right. But the only thing that I do know is that we're going to continue to work extremely hard, uh, you know, just to bring you guys the best uh, Mexican soccer content out there.
1: Excellent, man. Well we're looking forward to it, man. Sky's the limit, dude. We definitely are pulling for you as all, all the way. So Ivan, any final thoughts? Any shouts?
4: I got a couple shout outs. I know I'll put a couple of scarves in here. If we have but I have Fresno. I think I have pretty much everybody. I need a Phoenix scarf, so so shout out to all the battalions. Joe, thank you so much for giving us time because I know you're super busy with ETO. And once again, anything we can do to help, um, just let us know. Uh, I I know you guys, I mean, specifically us, or however you want to put it, El Tri Online provides a lot of soccer content from, like, either Europe, Liga MX, or MLS, what have you. I think the way that Pancho Villas Army, there's two ways that we relate with El Tri Online, obviously, it's football, and the other part is cultura, which is one of the things that a lot of people ask why Mexico over USA or what have you. But I think it's, we're grateful for what this country has provided for us with education-wise and work. But we want to continue to i guess provide um the cultura that we have in mexico to this country so we don't forget where we came from yeah so i think if you can uh yeah once again let us know if anything we can do to help just let
1: us know joe yeah thank you Ivan. well said all right coronet what do you got for us
2: well well put ivan well put again joe thank you very much for joining the show for everyone who's following us following vs podcast you can follow joe on El Tri Online, L3 Online, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, am I missing anything, Joe? Like I
0: think LinkedIn.
2: that's... TikTok. LinkedIn. <laughs> TikTok, LinkedIn, right? El three Online, I mean, you, you catch their shows, I believe it's every Tuesday. Usually I'm at work when I'm, when I'm, and I'm trying to watch it and, uh, you've got your guest, Super Mojado. Shout out to him, uh, and shout out to everybody, to Ramon, especially too, for all the help he's done he's helped yeah. you with and, uh, we wish you nothing but the best in the future. And again, like I would say, we're here to help you. El 3 online. Check them out. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Coronel. Well, again, you know, I just want to thank you for joining us. Uh, again, follow them on all the platforms. Don't forget to like our page, to follow us as well, so we can continue to bring you amazing guests like Joe. But from Connecticut all the way to LA and Phoenix, Aquila Sargento signing off. Hasta la próxima, amigos. Thank you, Joe, appreciate that.
0: Cool. Oh, man. Did, that did the uh, Wi-Fi uh, stay strong enough?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it's yeah. like the antenna, you had to like stay. You were staying perfectly still because if you move a little bit, it was...
4: <laughs> I think he went to put he went to put foil paper on the antenna or something like we used to do before. <laughs>